Hello and welcome to this edition of the Grow with Moon podcast. I am your host, Moon Zafran. Today I have with me Norton. Norton is a very young and successful realtor from Ottawa. We recently met at a real estate conference called the Bus Conference in Toronto. And the reason he's on the podcast today is because in year one in real estate, he made over six figures, which is quite remarkable. So Norton, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to it. Yeah, no problem, man. So it was a great meeting you at the conference and seeing you on the panel uh, and uh, and talking and telling about your experience. So tell us a little about your a uh, little bit about yourself, how you got into real estate, and why you got into real estate. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so real estate really just started. This kind of dates us back to university. So I was at Carleton University here in Ottawa, and then I was working in the government as well as studying at the time. And then from there, it kind of led me to getting a part-time administrative uh, assistant job. So I got a I got a job at a brokerage here in Ottawa, which is also the brokerage I'm licensed at, so Cold Banker First Ottawa. So I got a job as an assistant, trying to figure out the back end of the business. Uh, and for myself at the time as a university student, it's a large financial commitment to get your license, right? So I, I did some early digging, such as every every student at Humber, and I was like, hey, you know what, like. Eight to ten thousand dollars as a university student right away uh, is a big enough investment. That I'm not sure if I want to do it. So got a job, wanted to see what it was like, and then see the back end of the business. So uh, from there, I met. I knew, sorry, that my mentor, potential mentor Raymond, uh, he's top producer here in Ottawa, uh, was at that brokerage. So I asked the manager there. I said, "Hey, does Raymond Chin work here?" And then from there, that was uh, my stepping stone to kind of get uh, familiar with the industry. Yeah. Oh, nice. So you kind of started, like you were curious a little bit and then you wanted, before you invested any money into it, you wanted to see what it's like and you started with the back end. I think that's very smart because you it's, it's kind of foundational. And then when you do get into the industry, that stuff, like you still have to build those skills and you kind of worked out then without uh, spending so much money on it. Exactly, right? Like I, I feel like I feel like so many people just kind of dive into the industry they see, you know, they see what opportunities are. There's definitely lots of opportunity in the industry, but I feel like in some cases, people are diving into the industry, perhaps for the wrong reasons and where, you know, it's an expensive mistake in a lot of cases, right? Where you get licensed, you spend all the money and then you're doing it for the wrong reasons in some cases, or you're not prepared for what the industry actually holds, right? So I think that's a big, big part of it. Yeah. So uh, you mentioned like people getting into real estate for the wrong reasons. What are, what are some of those reasons that people get into real estate, you think, and like they're they're bound to fail like very soon? Yeah, like, I mean, for, for myself, like I, I really did some homework in terms, I called it a two-year research project. I was still in university, so I literally call it like a two-year research project. But what I'm referring to is really like people get into the industry because, you know, they see, for lack of a better word, some TV shows out there as well. They see, you know, the, the checks and the TikToks of what, what can happen in the industry, which don't get me wrong, you know, there's large, large sums of money that are being dealt with as a real estate agent. But uh, I feel like people dive in for the wrong reasons in terms of they don't, they want the check, they don't want the grind and kind of what what it takes, right. And there's a lot of there's some dark days, right, whether you're a new agent or kind of under first three years, three to five years in the business, there's like, definitely some major hurdles, right. So people are ready for the check, but they're not ready for the work that's actually entailed to ultimately get get paid right so i mean it's one of the only industries where you can literally make 
negative dollars, right? Like not many jobs can you say where you can make potentially negative dollars, right? So yeah, outside looking in, it can look very tempting and very flashy. And people think almost all the realtors make a lot of money, but that's not not always the case. Yeah, that's not always the case at all. Yeah, and it's people who are, who are doing it right and, and being consistent with it are actually getting somewhere. And even then, like, I, I, I guess maybe you're an exception. A lot of people in your first years, like, uh, they struggle to, you know, hit their goals. And maybe uh, it was the market has been different now. I think when you came in, it was different and now it's completely shifted. Um, For sure. And so those are one of the things that you also have to deal with as a realtor because um, uh, at one point it's hot and one point it's down and then you got to manage the ups and downs. And even though you have cash flow coming in, you got to be prepared for when there's a shift in the market and you're not making enough to still still be able to ride like uh, the downturns in the market. Absolutely. Right. Like I would say that I don't think you were at the first bus conference in Toronto, but Tom kind of asked the whole audience, Tom story out of Toronto. He asked everybody, he said, uh, who had their best year in real estate this past year? Like the whole, whole room's arm goes up, right? Obviously. Right. Then who said, and he asked again, he said, who thinks they're going to have an even better year. Right. So some people's arm shot up, some people, you know, didn't answer or not, but yeah, that's a very important point that you brought up is that, you know, the top agents really like, and having discussed this with my mentor as well, the top agents do all in every market, right? You know, you know, buyer's market, seller's market, balanced market, like whether there's market changes, the best agents always do well, but it's the ones that get, you know, kind of caught in the habits and as well as poor habits, sorry. And where in a changing market, ultimately the pie is smaller, right? There's just less business to go around, right? Uh, so that's something that I've really kind of invested in myself over the next you know I, I actually recently invested in coaching uh with with richard robbins international so it's based out of canada but that's in these market shifts you can't be afraid of what's going to happen you have to take action right so i think that's a big a big point and very important point that you brought up as well yeah indeed and so uh tell us about like those your first three months starting out like what were they like what were you doing yeah were there challenges and how did you how did you overcome them? For sure, for sure. So first couple months, I definitely look back on them as a major, major lesson. So uh, in my first three months, actually my very first day, my very first day in real estate, you know, I had anticipated a friend of mine, I knew their family was selling. Uh, I knew they had a, a home that needed to be put on the market uh, within the coming months. So a good friend of mine, called me up day one. Imagine your day one in real estate, you got a listing appointment, right? I felt like I, I felt like I was on top of the world. You know, easy business day one, right? So uh, listing appointment, I brought my mentor along, uh, Raymond. So we went for the listing appointment. It actually genuinely, I, I thought it went very well. Good dialogue. But what happened was, you know, some miscommunication, some elements came up in the deal where, you know, commission was discussed and some other details regarding uh, more personal matters. But you know, I learned very quickly, it's a business and it's not personal, right? So they end up signing with another agent. So they end up listing and, and the, the property with another uh, representative, with, which they're fully entitled to do, right? But that was a big lesson for me is that, you know what, there's a difference between personal relationships as well as listing, you know, somebody's biggest asset. So day one, I lost uh, a listing. And then a couple of weeks later, I was referred a, f- a family friend that I used to play hockey with and and we we're brought in to sell their property here in Ottawa as well. 
And, you know, this time around, we got the listing agreement signed. So we had the listing signed, you know, they're ready to go to market. And then literally three days before we're about to go live. So we're going live on uh, that Monday, I believe. So like late last that week. So Friday of the week prior, get a call saying, you know what, like cancel all the photography. Uh, Something's come up. We're not selling anymore. So in my head, I'm like two weeks into the business. In my head, I'm like, I'm two weeks into the business. I had two potential listings cancel. And, but anyways, going back to that last one, he calls me back on that Sunday. Uh, you know what? Saying disregard everything, disregard what I said. Something came up. It was emotional. We're, we're still selling proceed. So I just learned very quickly where I was, you know, it all, it all worked out, but that was like a big introduction to where, you know, this business is like an absolute roller coaster, right? So there's no promises, there's no guarantees, but that kind of, that gave me a big, big, introduction into the business but uh we ended up getting that property sold so that was my first sale in terms of my first three months so in terms of like production and kind of what what i was doing on a daily basis i was doing a lot of leases right uh so i was doing a lot of leases running around the city learning the learning how to deal with clients ultimately right you graduate from humber you have no idea how to deal with clients you know you can prepare yourself all you want but uh, you can't tell yourself that you're prepared to jump into real estate because you don't know right you don't know how to do a showing how to open a lockbox, right? So it was a lot of leases. Uh, and it was a lot of learning the ropes from my mentor. So I shadowed my mentor a lot when I first started, uh, just going to appointments with him and figuring out how, how it's supposed to be done. How is real estate supposed to be done? Yeah, that's a lot of what my first couple months were. Yeah, those lockboxes are, are challenging. Um, yeah. So like dealing with people and how people change their minds. And a lot of times yeah. people forget that real estate other than actual real estate, it's it's a people business and you're dealing with people a lot. And then and especially when people are spending like uh, money on, on their biggest asset that they're ever going to spend on, there's going to be a yeah. lot of emotional challenges that come up um, with their families, even with us. And it's uh, it's uh, it's I think it's one of the careers where, where you yourself also require a lot of emotional intelligence. And yep. a lot of times it calls for you to be professional, which which you should be anyway in the most difficult circumstances. And and like you said, it's it's easy to take things personally, especially when you're starting out. But uh, you gotta you gotta uh, separate yourself from the emotion and know that um, it's it's nothing personal. And then people will at the end of the day make the decision when they're comfortable with it. And it really has nothing to do with you. And so talking about that and being so young yourself, did you find that that, that was an actual uh, an obstacle, like being that young? Did you, did you find that being young had a I would, had I would, was trusting you? Yeah, I would say that, uh, you know, being young in the business, like absolutely there's, there's whether it's pros and cons to it, but uh, I would say that if you look at, look at it specifically and constantly as a con, uh, that's only going to do you a disservice, right? So if you don't trust yourself, why is somebody going to trust you, right? So I think that uh, that's something I told myself on day one is that, you know, if you're well-informed and you're well-versed, well-spoken, is that people don't have a reason to not trust you, right? So like, you know, funny enough, like for the first bit when I first started, we we're still wearing masks to everything, right? So grocery yeah. stores, showings, we're still wearing masks. So like, I remember my very first client you know, we had talked on the phone a couple of times and it was at that point where people wouldn't take their masks off even after the showing yet. So like, uh, I was wearing a mask, you know, a black <laughs> mask and then 
we come out after the showing and just by like by sheer i just i think i was it was cold right so i took the mask off for a second and then she looked at me she's like, oh my goodness how old are you and i was like i'm 23 so then she at that point she like she couldn't believe it we'd already been working together for about you know two weeks right so i'd already developed that trust but that just shows right it doesn't matter how old you are like i had a mask on and she trusted my ability to to navigate uh the process but it was only so after when she actually saw my face that i uh, know it's just a funny story that i look back on because like at that time we we're still all wearing masks and it literally didn't matter how old i was right so it was that was a very funny story to look back on no, that's kind of cool. It kind of worked in your favor. But uh, uh, like you said, like if you are confident in your ability and you do and you do the work, people will people will be able to see that. Like it's very easy to spot someone who is, you know, BSing a lot versus someone who actually knows what they're doing. And 100%. yeah, people are, are able to spot that very easily. So if you're not doing the work and you're just saying you're going to walk into an appointment, and just and just get the check then <laughs> you're in for a rude awakening 100 i think that you know it's i think that having a mentor uh would play into that factor as well right so when you first start you're playing off a lot of that you know what it's me and my team it's me and my mentor that's a lot of the dialogue that you're having is that you're giving people peace of mind that it's not just you like people ask the question how long you've been in the business right you know a month or a week but like you're like you know it's me and uh it's me and my team me and my brokerage me and my uh, mentor i was i was mainly going off the narrative of you know what it's me and my mentor that will be here to help you right so it's that's a lot of what i i uh i utilize my advantage and you have to right everybody when you're new you don't have any experience right so it's building it's building off that for sure yeah and i think that point is very crucial having someone with you who's been in the industry for some time to and in a way, you sort of borrow their credibility. Absolutely. And, yeah, and it's not just borrowing the credibility. It's like you have to live up to it, right? Because at the end of the day, it's their name too. And if they see you're not doing a good job, they'll probably part ways with you. For sure. For sure. For sure. And so we talked about the first three months. Let's talk about the next six months. What were they like? Um, how did how did you change and grow in, in the next six, six months following the first three months? Yeah, for sure. So as as it kind of transitioned into the really kind of got off my feet on the first, you know, I would say by month five, six uh, to eight, I would say that's where uh, more transactions, like more sales came along. Uh, so working along with more buyers. Uh, keep in mind, like from very beginning, I was doing open houses, like literally every single weekend. Uh, so I was doing open houses every weekend, gives me opportunity to meet more people and speak about real estate at the end of the day uh to more people right so being more well versed in, in front of clients so i was meeting a lot of people at open houses uh you know some had agents some didn't the ones that didn't of course i'd follow up routinely with uh and i was able to successfully meet uh a couple buyers through open houses so that's where um, i was able to have some success success sorry and find them homes so i found a couple of those buyers homes uh, and you know, those are some of my closest clients today, right? Like they mean a lot to you. They're your very first clients, right? Uh, so I was able to navigate that. Was able to get uh, a number of sales done that fall, and then uh, I continued to do leases. Though I was doing leases, like I still do leases, right? So I was able to, you know, leverage those opportunities. At the end of the day, everybody is an opportunity for 
business and a relationship, but also an opportunity for yourself if you do a good job to generate referrals, right? Um, so that was a big part of my first, call it eight months to eight months to a year is where I was really honing in on those relationships I had built through open houses, as well as just meeting people, right? So yeah. Yeah, that's great. And a lot of people don't prefer doing leases, but like a lease could be like a home buyer, like in, in three to five years. And it's like you said, it's really important to cultivate the relationships and uh, like meet every, like take everyone you meet uh, seriously and present yourself in a professional manner. Absolutely. Like I would say that, you know, my first, uh, honestly, like first year I did, um, I believe I did 12 leases, but 12 leases. And then in my first, sorry, in my first six months, I did 12 leases, but that kind of brought me into this year. So that brings us into 2022. And that's where this year I've been able to do even more leases than that. I've done, you know, north of 30, 35 leases this year. So it's all meeting, it's all meeting people. They're all potential opportunities and all people that if you treat them like gold, they have no reason other than to uh, either refer you or speak highly of you, right? As a, as a professional. Yeah. Really cool. So you've done well uh, within your first year, first 18 months in real estate. What's what's the plan now for the next uh, three to five years? How do you plan on growing yourself, growing your business? You mentioned you're you're doing uh, you're taking coaching now, which is excellent. But what's the plan further down the road, or even like long term, ten years? Do you do you want to have like a team for yourself, or start your own brokerage? Yeah. What are you What are you thinking? Jeez. 10 years that's scary but like 10 years that brings me my you know i'm 23 i'm 23 right now but yeah like uh yeah over the next couple of years for sure definitely want to uh scale up and i think that coaching is going to be a big avenue for that uh to really build out that back-end system build up the framework of kind of how a well well-run team operates from the back end right so um, i think over the next three to five years absolutely would be bringing on an assistant because myself i'm, I'm very I have pretty bad ADHD, so I don't like sitting and just doing like tedious tasks. So I think that I'm always moving. So uh, definitely bring on a sit, bring on assistant as the next task, and then from there, you know, ultimately where I get to a point where I'm able to provide to another agent, another agent that's producing with me, and I think that's the next role. But I think for the next little bit, I would say in the next twelve to twelve to twenty four months would be bring on assistant uh, to service the paperwork that. Um, that I don't like doing. <laughs> and then also at some point bring on, uh, yeah, of course, everybody, everybody wants to, everybody wants to run a team. And I think that's a funny part of the industry. I've heard a lot of professionals in our, in our industry say like, everybody has a team, right. But genuinely build out a team and, you know, have some systems in place where uh, I think some of the takeaways we learned, the buzz are, you know, that we learned some great takeaways from some top teams in Ontario yeah. uh, in terms of how they run their operation. But I think that's definitely a goal for me is running a, a tight knit team, not a big team uh, to start, obviously, but more of a team whereby I'm able to, you know, have I would call it more of a partnership, right? Like I come from hockey; it's very, yeah. very team based sport where it's not like me and the person under me. It's more of a partnership, right? It's me and my partner, right? So I think that's a better dynamic. You no, know, who yeah. nobody likes hearing like nobody likes saying it's me and my leader that's above me, right? You know, nobody likes speaking like that, right? So it's like being in a dynamic where you guys are working together, right? Yeah, I think that's crucial. And I think it's that's good to hear you saying that because a lot of professionals do run teams and maybe they're not the most tightly knit. And I had uh, not the greatest experience when I first joined a team. 
And uh, it's uh, it's definitely something that you have to transition into. A lot of yeah. people think that it's more of the same, but then you're becoming from like working just for yourself to working for other people as well who are with you and they're relying right. on you. And, and and like you said, running a tightly knit team is is crucial when you're in that position. And I saw some great teams at the conference there. Like it was, yeah, it was for really sure. nice to see some, like there's one from uh, from Oshawa. I think they were on the, yeah. the entire team. I think that was- Yeah, the uh, McDougal team. The McDougal yeah, yeah. team. Yeah, like that's like, yeah, like that. I think that's a phenomenal example where, yeah, like it's it's a team leader's name on the on the on the stage, if you will. But that doesn't mean that it's not a, a team dynamic where everybody gets along. They know what they're doing uh, and they know that they're they're ultimately working together, which creates a good dynamic as well. Yeah, excellent. OK, so coming towards the end, uh, tail end of the podcast, I have two yeah. questions. So. You're in real estate now. Is there something else that attempts to career-wise, like something else that's in in your back of your mind? Like, you know what? I might be good at that too. Or are you 100% committed to where you are now? Uh, So at this stage, really, like at this stage of my career, like real estate is my, you know, my sole business, right? So that's my day-to-day, day-to-day business. And I see that uh, if done properly, can scale it to, you know, a successful business, right? But currently in the works, two projects in the works. One is I'm actually starting up a, uh, an initiative, a give back initiative with my cousin, my family. It's called Buy Back the Cold Ottawa. So it's actually, uh, we're launching next week, actually. Nice. It's an initiative where we're giving, we're giving back mo- through monetary donations, as well as collecting uh, new you know, winter items to, to the homeless population here in Ottawa. So, you know, like mitts, gloves, books, all those, de- all those you know, winter sought after items, sorry, throughout winter. So that's an initiative that we're starting out. And then myself and my very good friend were uh, in the works of planning a cleaning business. So like home cleaning, as well as new construction cleaning. That's something that's a little bit more on the back burner right now and more of a future uh, 2023 plan. But I think that that's a business that we're looking to launch next year. Um, that is, you know, I, I've personally paid cleaners and I personally, they're part of my Rolodex in terms of what we offer our uh, our listings, um, professional cleaning service, but I think I'm pretty tech driven and I'm fairly innovative in terms of I know what I can bring to the table. So I think I think it I think it can be improved in terms of what uh, what services are offered and the quality control uh, within a clean business. So that's my friend and, and partner has experience in service based businesses. So that's something that we're looking into. So uh, as a real estate representative, having the ability to offer your own in house cleaning is I think a a pro to have as well so yeah, yeah kind of three three uh three pillars right now would be real estate cleaning and and this give back idea that we're we're working on yeah yeah nice really cool man um uh, all the all the best with those ventures i'm sure you'll be great at it so before we sign off what advice would you give to someone who's uh, starting out in in real estate right now let's say it's their first month what will you what would you say to them for sure i would say you know, I would tell myself if I were to start out that number one, you have to find a mentor that genuinely has your best interest. Like, you know, he's he or she is there uh, and they have a vested interest in you to succeed because, you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of agents out there at the end of the day, right? So when you're first graduating from that, you know, the Humber program, finding somebody that wants to help you and that you can you as a new representative can learn from because frankly, like we discussed earlier in this podcast, right? You don't know a whole lot when you start 
So having somebody to shadow, having somebody that you can learn from that has done it and has done successful things, business is, I think, number one, you have to find somebody that's willing to help you because uh, otherwise, I, I think it's a very easy industry to sink in, right? Like you can yeah. lose confidence, you can lose confidence very quickly. And you can, you know, lose your, you know, the, the calendar calendar months go by very quickly, if you're not doing anything, you know, it turns calendar turns to November, then December, that's a new year, you can, you know, the time goes very fast in terms of, you know, if you set goals, you know, annual goals, and quarterly goals and monthly goals, those go by very quickly, if you're not enjoying yourself and uh, not succeeding, right? So I think that's a big element for sure. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Thank you so much for that advice. Thank you so much for being on the show. And uh, we'll talk soon. Sounds good. Thank you. Thank you guys for joining in to this episode of the Grow With Moin podcast. You can fight Norton at NortonNGO on Instagram and connect with him through there if you so please. If you guys liked the episode, feel free to leave a comment, subscribe to the podcast. We are everywhere you can listen to podcasts. See you guys all soon.